Good evening, Sheridan Hills. Welcome, welcome to our midweek time of gathering together, gathering around the glorious Word of God. Uh, tonight, we're asking the question, do you want life? If you want life, you have to have the Word. And there's a special reason that we're gathered in this room tonight. Um, this is not a library. This is, in fact, an offering of the Bible and an offering of books written around the Bible to you, to our bookstore that um, is a zero-profit bookstore. But we're meeting here tonight because we want to remember the importance of the Word of God. We want to remember the fact that it is God's Word that brings life to our souls. It's God's Word where we find Christ, the sure and steady anchor, the, the base and the foundation of all that we can be is found in Jesus. And so we're going to sing about that tonight. I hope you have the lyrics. Um, on the website is the lyrics where you can download it and print them out. They're also going to be on the screen in front of you. We encourage you to just gather your kids around, clear out your voice, get ready to sing, come up on the edge of your chair, and let's sing together the gospel of Christ. Christ the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn. In the suffering, in the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold. Christ the sure and steady anchor, while the tempest rages on. When temptation claims the battle, and it seems the night has won. Deeper still then goes the anchor, though I justly stand accused, I will hold. Faithful 
shall never be removed. Great, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Bye. 
there's something about singing that just kind of lifts our heart and our spirit. Even if we got to repeat at the end, I, I just that, that's too great to miss. Uh, Pastor Lucas, thank you. Um, we're sorry that you have to endure the, uh, the Three Musketeer trio here, but um, hopefully you're uh, joining us in worship and in singing the great truths of the faith each time we get together. Uh, tonight we're going to dive right into God's Word, and we're going to look at um, the fact that if you want life, um, you have to have the Word, the Word of God. And we're going to see um, where this comes from in the Word. This last Sunday we looked at how to have God's peace in the midst of coming trouble. We do believe that um, our circumstances of our world are tough, and even for us right now in this present struggle, it's probably about to get a lot worse. Um, there's things that we kind of see a wave coming of not only infections of this current threat, um, but not only infections, but even we know that death will come with it. And as Christians, we know that it's not just about this present struggle right here, but we know that there's struggles throughout time that have ebbed and have um, some that have come on us as, as great waves of difficulty. We know that there's been world wars. We know that there's been um, other great pandemics that have hit the world and great plagues. But we also know that the Bible tells us that there's going to become even greater tribulations and struggles before um, this present era is over. We've mentioned that each time that we've met, that the Bible tells us not to be surprised when fiery troubles come upon us. Christians from every age that have been wise have been aware of those realities and the Bible's warnings of those things. And so tonight we do want to focus on how do we have real, eternal, abiding life and joy in the midst of current troubles. Well, in order to have that, we have to have the Word of God. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, or in the idea of words. Words come by either from human to human, but we also see from our Creator God that He offers us words of life. Um, look at Proverbs chapter twenty and or chapter four and verse twenty through twenty-two. Wisdom is speaking, and when wisdom is speaking, we know that that's God because God is wisdom. He is all wisdom and truth. Look what it says: My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to what it says: My sayings. Those are words. Verse twenty-one says: Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. And then look what it says in verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. The picture is, is that it is through the words of God, through the words of wisdom and truth that our soul finds life and eventually even finds resurrected life. It's through the words of God that we can have eternal life. And so even our flesh is redeemed from that eventually. Um, John chapter 6 also has an interesting picture here. Jesus has said some very difficult things toward the beginning of his ministry. And there were many people following him. But when he started to say some difficult things, challenging both in concept and in life, 
there were some people who started to fall away. They, there weren't so many that were going to continue to follow. And we see this section happen. In verse 60, it says, And when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Verse 61, But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? What if you see him leaving? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Skip down to verse 66. Look what it says. After this, many of his disciples, or the people who were following him, turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, so he turns to the rest of the the inner group, the 12, he turns and he says to them, do you want to go away as well? Verse 68 says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter really got it. Peter really said, Lord, we don't have anywhere else to go. You have the words of life. You know, in these recent days, how many words have we seen spoken on television and on the internet and everything else about all of this present struggle? I mean, there's every imaginable warning. There's every imaginable argument. Just this week, you and I were talking about Well, what is worse about the virus? Is it getting it off a surface or is it from the air or whatever? And you had read one specialist that said what? That said that a surface is the surface contamination is the worst. From your hand, surface contamination in your eyes. And I had just read the night before, oh, the worst is from breath. You know, these issues are, are, are from breath. So it's really, really funny how Everybody has all of these opinions. And what are the numbers saying? What is this? What is that? There's lots and lots of words about all of this. And we look at it and we say, man, the the words and the ideas of men, I mean, there's some truth that we have, but there is all kinds of conjecture about every imaginable aspect of this. But when we come to the word of God, we see that God's word is crystal clear about the things that really matter, about the things, as Peter said, that are eternal, that bring eternal life. Um, Psalm 119 is where we really want to be tonight for just a few minutes. Minutes. Look with me. If you have your Bible, I hope you'll turn to Psalm 119. It's right there in the middle of your Bible. If you open the Bible right to the center, you typically will hit Psalms. And um, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the Bible. Um, it has 176 verses. And we won't read all about it, uh, read all of it, but I want you to see two things out of Psalm 119. And the first one is this. God's word brings life, strength, and direction. God's word is the source of our life, strength, and direction. And number two, we're going to see affliction often makes us ready to hear God's word. So it's interesting. God's word brings life, and affliction often brings readiness to hear it. Um, look with me at Psalm 119 and verse 17. Um, 17 and verse 25, look what it says. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may, what? Live and keep your word. 
Skip down to verse 25. Look what it says. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Skip down to a couple of verses. Verse 28. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me. How? According to your word. We see it right there. Look at verse 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. You know, we're so tempted to look at a lot of worthless things in this present day and time. I mean, uh, the internet provides so many worthless things, whether, whether it be sexual or whether it be material or whether it be all kinds of things. We, we can be tempted. I love this verse. Look at verse 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless, worthless things and give me life in your ways, the ways of God. Look at verse 40. Behold, I long for your precepts. Precepts is another part of another way to describe God's word. It's his principles and his truths. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me what? Life. Over and over again, we keep seeing this. Look at Psalm 50, or 119, verse 50. This is, my com- this is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. Verse 77, look down at verse 77. In 77 it says, Let your mercy come to me that I may live. Your law is my delight. So we're going to live because his law is coming to us through mercy and the truth. In verse um, one, or excuse me, 93, look at 93. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. 105. Many people would say that I know this, this one in my own heart. I've, I've memorized it. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word gives us guidance. Over and over and over again, and we could go on and on and on, where we see God's word brings us life. I just want to give a personal uh, testimony that when I'm feeling um, distant from the Lord, when I am personally feeling um, carnal and fleshly, when I get all balled up in Andrew or balled up in the circumstance around me, I found that the thing that most quickly brings me back to faith in God to nearness to God is spending time right here in his word. These words that we've just been reading are the, are the great essence of what he's saying, come and let me give you life through the word. And so the thing that consistently brings me back to faith in the Lord and to peace in the Lord is coming and hearing from God in his word. Um, there's a lot of times people say, well, I would read the Bible, but I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. Well, that's part of what we call spiritual disciplines, right? Mm-hmm. It's doing what needs to be done, whether you feel like it or not. And there's so many times when I've not felt like reading the Bible, but when I come back to read God's word, his Holy Spirit activates this word in my heart. And suddenly he begins to soften my heart and he begins to speak to me. And things that maybe have been a long time since I felt that way or since I experienced in an experiential uh, way his presence, 
God's word is what brings me back over and over again. Any thoughts on that, guys? God's word in you bringing you back. You know, I, I relate. I, I went through uh, not a very long season, but I went through a, a, a brief season of just really, really feeling weighty, uh, perhaps even depressed a few years ago. And I, I found a lot of peace in Psalm 55. There's a passage in the psalm that says, uh, and I say, Psalm 55, verse 6, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. And I would think, that's what I want. I just want to fly. I just want to get away from everything. Escape. But the psalmist doesn't conclude that that is the solution. In verse 16, it says, But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Hmm. And I just remember that psalm washing over my spirit. And I felt during that season, I felt so deeply cared by the Lord through His Word mm. that I don't think in any other season in my life I felt like the Word of God was food for my soul like I felt mm. during that season. Mm. So, yeah, I, I can absolutely relate. So by being in Psalm 55, God just refreshes your soul, mm -hmm. refreshes you um, over yeah. and over. Yeah. There was a, a time of uncertainty uh, at the, one of the churches where I was serving as a pastor, and I just felt like I needed to get time and, and get away. And I actually went uh, off by myself. And during the, the time I was there, I just read through the Psalms. And the Psalms were such an encouragement to me and a reminder of really what was important in ministry. And that is obviously with the Word. Also, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Psalm 34, which says in Psalm 34, it's about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, right? So, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And when during that time of uncertainty, I just really spent time with God in his word and really just praying and reading the Psalms and having his word wash over me and give me clarity of thought and mind with all the other things that were going on and the chaos that was going on around me. It was very, uh, a very good time for me to really just clear my mind, fill my mind with God's Word, mm. and help me to perceive things in the correct manner and really to, to put me on the path of, of where I needed to be instead of being distracted by the things going on around me. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I relate in every way. God gets me back on track through his word. I mean, that's, that's what he does. Even this week, um, uh, many of you have been watching, um, I think, at 9 o'clock every night, the, uh, the series. What's the name of the series? I'm suddenly forgetting the name of it. The Chosen. The Chosen. It's kind of a life of Christ depiction. Um, and I challenged you in an email a couple of nights ago. You may want to watch that. It might be helpful to you. But watch that, but also read the Word. And so I took my own advice, and last night I spent a lot of time reading the Gospels because the film set is about the life of Christ, and, and I think it's always good, especially if you're hearing very much commentary on um, the Gospels, it's good to read the Gospels so you remember what's there and what's not there. It's, it's very good for us to be familiar with that. Well, I, so I just was really reading a lot of Matthew last night. I just started at the beginning, read through, I read every single one of the genealogy statements, and I was, I read through chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and I was sitting there appreciating so deeply the book of Matthew, 
and so beautiful how he is bringing together all of the picture of the Old Testament prophets and the Old Testament fathers of our faith and relating them to Christ and showing this. And he's doing it very directly. And as I was sitting there, I was just getting excited again about how good God's word is and about how good God's whole big plan is. And the whole story of the life of Christ, sure, God used the film series, The Chosen, to kind of even cause me to be interested in, in some new aspects of it. But again, it's the word that just ministers to us and just, um, just really calms our fears and bids our sorrows to cease and comes and gives us hope. So, so great. You guys have shared how you have related to that too. God's word brings life. But look at the next one here. Affliction often makes us ready to hear the word. So the word brings life, but you know, there's a lot of times when we're not ready to hear it. We don't want to hear it. We think life is good. And maybe we're so enamored with the stuff in front of us that we don't really look. Well, I I want you to see just a few verses. Look again, Psalm 119, and look at verse 50. And just tell me if this this little group of verses don't clearly make this clear that affliction is often used by God to make us ready to hear the word. Uh, Pastor Jason, you mind reading 50 and then Pastor Lucas, maybe 67, and then I'll read 71 and just kind of let's go through these a little bit. So verse 50 says, this is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. 67 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your words. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Um, Look at verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Verse 75 says, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Wow. In faithfulness you have afflicted me. God afflicts us faithfully. It's kind of like I mentioned last Sunday that Tommy Chipman would spank T.J. Chipman. And apparently T.J. Chipman got a lot of spankings. So, I mean, I, you know, you've, you have your precious four kids. And in faithfulness, you have afflicted them at different times in order to teach them that they're not God. In order to teach them that they're not the boss. That the world doesn't revolve around them. In faithfulness, you've disciplined. Maybe, maybe it's not through a spanking. Maybe it's through, you know, a certain type of punishment or certain type of restriction that you've afflicted them with that restriction in order for them to learn that. Pastor Lucas, I know it's starting with Boaz. You're, you're starting to, to see he's got to learn that there's consequences even early, right? That's right. So, That's right. And, and God has done that. God does that with us that he, in faithfulness, he afflicts us. Um, look at the next one. What, what is the next one? 107 here? says, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. So hear that. We start to see the cry, Lord, I'm severely afflicted. And what does the affliction do? It causes us to look to the Lord and to call out to him. Psalm 120 says, my flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your, of your judgments. You know, the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
And so some people, I remember when I was in ninth grade, my English teacher over at South Barrett High School, um, she, I, one time I said, it's good to fear God. And oh boy, the whole world stopped. And she immediately said, Coleman, let's talk about that. And she just drilled in on me. Why does God need us to fear him? Um, I thought he was a loving God. I mean, she was extremely antagonistic against faith. And I was saying, well, well Mrs. Herzog, he, he is a big God. And, and to disregard him and to offend him is dangerous. Um, and, uh, you know, and everything I said, no matter what it was, oh, so now God is dangerous. And, you know, as a little ninth grader, I'm trying to explain this to a woman who's been teaching for probably 40 years at that time. Um, but I knew that God's word had said, it is, it is much better to fear him and to be right with him than to not fear him and to receive his judgment without the mercy of Christ. Um, look at 143. Pastor Jason, you mind reading 143? Psalm 140, uh, 119, 143 says, Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Yeah. So trouble and anguish comes to us. Jesus said it, we looked at it Sunday, that in the world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so um, when we delight ourselves in Christ, when we hold on to him, then the troubles and the struggles of this life find their proper um, place um, behind him. And we can have great hope. I want to end tonight by Jeremiah 15, verse 16, and it'll be on the screen right there in front of you. Look what it says. It says, uh, the, the prophet Jeremiah says this, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Um, that's, a, that's a picture of the great power of God, the, the sovereign majesty of the, ar the God of, of all armies, the God of heavenly hosts, the God of all things. Um, he calls us by name. And when we take his words and we eat them, when we live on them, we remember Jesus when he was being tempted by Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by the word of God. Um, so church family, as we kind of go through these times, as we deal with a society that feels like it's in trouble, May we remember not all the words of the news and not all the words on the internet, but may we run to this word and may this word minister to our souls. May this word minister to our hearts and may we remember his truths. May we find them and eat them. So I want to encourage you to turn off Facebook, turn off Instagram some, settle down with a nice light somewhere quiet in your house. Maybe it's after the kids. I mean, I hope you'll do it before the kids go to bed, that you'll teach them this. But then after they go to bed, maybe that you will spend time alone with the Father, spending time listening to his words, just methodically read through the Gospels or methodically enjoy the Psalms. Let God's word speak to you. And this will become the anchor of your soul as we hold on to Christ in these times. Amen? Amen. We want to pray. Uh, tonight for a few things. Um, uh, we have some things that will be on the screen.
and um, some things that we really need to lift up. And here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to pray about some of these things right here and invite you to join us. And remember with me, um, as we pray about them, just because Pastor Jason is praying, that doesn't mean that I'm not praying or you're not praying. I want to encourage you to agree with him um, as we pray about a few of these things. But we're going to pray about that, that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we would let this affliction of the society around us and that the world drive us to God. Um, and that we would ask him for faith, that he would give that to your family, that he would give that to your heart, that he would give that to our church family. Here we are in the ministry center in this beautiful bookstore um, that represents so much of the heart of our church. People come through these doors right here. Um, we spend so much time here. Maybe we should pray that our hearts would really grow in faith, that all of our coming here would, would be met with a genuine faith in God. Um, I'm going to pray that God would open the door for us to share the gospel of Christ in these days, that we would be bold. And Pastor Lucas is going to pray for all of the medical care workers. Um, you know, we, we have, listen to this, we have at least seven doctors in our church, and we have over 20 nurses in our church, and then other medical care workers um, they are going to be on the front lines in the coming weeks. Um, several of our doctors and nurses have children at home. Um, so we want to be praying for them as they are not only ministering to the needs that are there, but then as they are coming home, we want to pray that their families would be kept safe um, from the virus um, and those things. It's a good thing for us to pray. Um, we want to pray that God would use their skills to save lives and to alleviate suffering and to even share the gospel. Some of them are going to have the opportunity to share the gospel, um, and we want to pray for them in that. But um, there's so many things along these lines. I'm going to ask that um, you all would pray for the last item that is on that list, maybe somebody in your family, um, as Pastor Lucas plays the guitar a little bit, that your family would take a few minutes and we would pray for a vaccine, that we would pray for the testing equipment that is, that is being made available, that it, would, that it would be able to be quickly made available, that we would pray for enough ventilators to be, to be produced. These are good prayers um, that we should ask for. Um, and we even need masks and um, face masks and, and face shields and that kind of thing to keep um, many of those that are serving um, well, so Pastor Luke or Pastor Jason, would you open us in prayer, and then I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Lucas will pray, and then you all can pray. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. This is a good thing for us to do. And God, we do come before you tonight, and Lord, uh, you have said in your Word, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness." And so, Lord, we come before you and we ask you, God, to fill us with your righteousness. God, we ask for you to cause us to be in awe of your word. Uh, we ask that you would allow your word to bring life to our souls. Lord, as we study your word and as we read your word, Lord, as we spend time together as families in your word, I pray that you would wash over us with the water of your word, the fresh water of your word, God. We also pray, Lord, that you would help us to look 
to you, God, that we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And Lord, that we would just rest in you and know that, uh, God, you have provided what we need. And God, when we look to you and to your word, that you would just cover over us with your grace. Lord, we pray tonight also, God, that you would give us um, faith, that you would allow our faith to grow in this time of struggle when we're facing difficulties and our faith is being challenged. God, may you grow our faith. I think of times in Scripture where the disciples were doubting and struggling, and Lord, oftentimes you showed yourself strong. You showed yourself through uh, acts of of great kindness, great acts of power on display in your word. And Lord, I pray for us as we seek to look to you and you grow us in faith and and trusting in you. Lord, I just ask that we would rest in you, that Lord, our faith would be such that would just be able to look to mountains and look at mountains and and cast them into the sea as we trust and rest in you. Mm -hmm. Father Heaven, I I so agree with what Pastor Jason has prayed, that we would have a greater faith, that we would grow in this. Lord, I pray for those who don't have faith yet. I pray that there would be many, many people who come to faith in Jesus because of Mm COVID-19. Lord, I pray that you would use this great illness and this great pandemic to bring many, many sons to glory in heaven. Lord, I pray that you would bring this um, to the awareness of people's mind that they need you. Lord, I pray that this affliction would cause them to be open to hear your word. Lord, I pray that the, the difficulties of it, the fear of it, the dread of it, Lord, would be used of you to warn them that there could be a much greater condemnation um, beyond this. And so, Lord, I pray that you would mercifully be speaking to people's hearts and cause them, Lord, to look to you and to cry out to you. And I pray that they would hear the gospel and receive it. Lord, I pray that you would make us bold. I pray that you would make us ready to share the message of hope to those that are around us. Lord, I pray that we'd not be timid at this time. Lord, I I thank you for... Even the, the doctor that is um, the, the dad of Joshua Steigner, Lord, it was just telling us how he has felt such joy to be able to share the gospel with patients during this time, his patience and his practice. And Lord, I pray that that would be an open door, uh, that people could look to God and um, find him in the midst of this great difficulty. Help us, Lord, to have your words on our lips. May we take steps of of faith in this and be sensitive to people's needs and sensitive to their hearts. And Lord, may we give account for the hope that is within us in Christ. Father, um, we are thankful for the doctors and nurses and hospital workers and first responders that are on the front line um, fighting this war against this terrible disease, Lord, across the world, really. We're thankful that you have given um, them as gifts to, to many societies. Lord, we're thankful for the many who are 
in this very church, the doctors and the nurses who are members of this church. Lord, we are, we are, we love them. Uh, we are in covenant with them, so we're committed to pray for them. Lord, we love the the the, the fact that they are laying down their lives for the good of others. They're putting their lives at risk to save other other lives. What a beautiful picture of your what your son has done for his church. So Lord, we we even in this, even in their in the way they live their lives, they, there is a proclamation of the gospel there, and we're thankful for that. So Father, we intercede for them. We pray that uh, doctors and nurses and first responders and hospital workers. Um, would would work well as unto you, Lord, and you use them uh, to protect the society around us, that because of their good work, lives would be saved. Mm. And because of their good work, Lord, this uh, fight against this disease would be won. And Lord, I pray that many would know that the goodness that we are experiencing through this ultimately comes from you. Lord, we, we, are, we, we want the world to know through this disease that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Right. Lord, we want knees to bow and tongues to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even in light of this great, uh, th this great disease that's waging war against humanity. Right. So, Father, we pray that you would keep the doctors and the nurses well, healthy, uh, safe, and uh, Lord, we pray that you'd give them uh, wisdom. Uh, we pray that you protect their families. Lord, we pray that as they go in and out of hospitals and, and uh, that uh, they would not carry the disease around, Lord, and that they, they would do well. Um, and Father, um, through their service, that many, would be, uh, many lives would be preserved. Father, we also want to just lift up to you the need for wisdom for our national leaders. Lord, we pray that you would be really giving um, all of those who are in places of authority, Lord, knowledge and wisdom about what to do. Lord, I ask that you would help them to be humble. I pray that you would um, humble them before you. And Lord, I ask that they would look to you as the source. Lord, we, we talk so much in trying to encourage the country by saying, we're going to beat this, we're going to beat this. But Lord, we know we're not going to beat death. We're not going to beat all disease. Lord, the only hope for death and disease being beaten is, Lord, your grace and your mercy. And Lord, the victory that is in Christ. And so, Lord, we pray for a humility of spirit upon our people and that, Lord, that we would call out to you for help and that, Lord, that we would look to you in the midst of this great battle. So, Lord, give us that, I pray, and I, I do pray that there would be a great wisdom um, that you endow upon our national leaders, our state leaders, and, Lord, even our local county and city leaders. Lord, give them wisdom about what to do. As Pastor Lucas continues to pray, I want to encourage you to look at that last one there. And I think it's good for us to ask specifically for a vaccine and these other things that are there. Maybe your family will pray for those things right now as we pray. Go ahead and pray.
another couple seconds. Holy Father, we could pray all night right here and it wouldn't be enough. Lord, we need you. We need your presence. We need your spirit working in us. Lord, we need you more than the next meals and the next things that we have around us. Lord, we need you more than the next breath of oxygen. Lord, I pray that you would help us to look to you and depend upon you as we should. Lord, that as we endure trouble, Lord, that we would look to the triumph of Christ and recognize that you deliver us out of all of our struggles when we are in you. Father, I thank you for our church family. I pray that tonight, that as they bed down to go to sleep, I pray that you would give them grace to rest well. Lord, I do pray that our thoughts would be of you as we go to sleep. And I pray that tomorrow as we wake up, Lord, that you would be all over our tomorrow. I pray that your grace and your mercy would be new to us in the morning when we wake. And Lord, I pray that your power and your strength and your protection would be over us so that we might walk in your ways, that we might walk in your word, that we might walk in your love. Father, we thank you for this time together to remember the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's been wonderful to be with you tonight. I want to just remind you of a couple of things before we go. Um, Tony and Kaylin Shalaba did make it in. They are some of our missionaries from overseas. Uh, they've made it in. They're quarantined down south of us a little bit. And um, they're going to be meeting by community group and by growth group. So some of you enjoy getting to see them a little bit if you would. Um, as well, the Sheridan Hills Christian School has gone virtual. So all of our students are not on campus. But yesterday and today and tomorrow are these first few days of being online. And I just want to encourage you to continue to pray for them. It's gone really, really well. Um, we're kind of amazed that you have been so faithful in your giving, and we want to commend you for that. Um, we know that um, a lot of unknowns are in front of us, and you have said, you know, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord in my giving, and our tithes and offerings have been strong, and we're all proud of that. Uh, I want to continue to encourage you to give and to give sacrificially and faithfully. Trust the Lord in these days. And I know that many of you have asked about Easter. What are we doing for Easter? Well, we can't do the Easter sunrise service, but we are so excited about what God is going to do through our time together as a church, even online, um, something very, very unique, something very special is planned for the service. We can guarantee you, you've never seen it before, and I'm not exaggerating. You've never seen what's going to happen for Easter, sun, or Easter service. Um, it's never, to my knowledge, ever been done, um, but that's all we're going to say. We, well, we can also say it will help you worship Christ and see things perhaps that you've never seen as clearly as a result of a worship service of us being together. So I cannot wait for that. It's going to be very exciting. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, more and more as we get closer to it, but you do not want to miss um, our Easter resurrection service as we are together. Um, 
I think we're going to recommend a couple of books and a couple of things. You, you have time at home, and so I've asked the guys to, well, here we are in our bookstore. Um, most of these books are available here in the bookstore. Some of them aren't, but they will be. You say, well, how can I even buy them? Um, some of this is available online. Um, other things, we're, we're trying to figure out a way for you to be able to get some of the great resources. But Pastor Lucas, go for it. Share with us a few things. Right. So several recommendations here for several different um, perhaps areas of interest. So the first book I'm holding up is uh, Greg Gilbert's What is the Gospel? If you're new with us and you're just thinking, I really like what you guys are doing, but I want to know more about what drives you or what is the motivation behind what you do. This is a great book. Uh, for you to understand what the gospel is or the message of Christianity is. It's also a great book for Christians, uh, long-time Christians, just to clarify what we believe. So, highly recommended. Here is a great uh, work of literature. Uh, this is uh, John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress, one of the most popular uh, book in the English language ever. This is a, a, a story of how uh, John Bunyan came to know uh, the Lord in his experience. Um, so highly recommend this. Um, this is George Mueller's biography uh, by Roger Sear. Uh, George Mueller was a, um, was a, 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 a man that uh, had, a, had an orphanage in Bristol, England. And uh, this, uh, in this biography, you see how prayer motivated or, or empowered him to do all that uh, he set out to do. Um, Held in Honor is a short book, uh, two pages a day, devotional that husbands and wives can do together. Um, there is a paragraph that summarizes the life of a person in church history, a quote from, from the person, and then a page of devotional. Uh, husbands and wives can, can read it together. Indy and I have done some of these. Uh, we're going to get back to doing some more of these as well in the days ahead. And then finally, uh, perhaps my favorite book here in the bookstore is the Hymns of Grace hymnal. So if you're trying to do um, um, family devotionals at home, this is great. It comes with scripture readings and also with, uh, with uh, great hymns of the faith, new and old. So these are my recommendations for you. Awesome. Great. To piggyback on what Pastor Lucas was saying, I currently am reading Shepherding a Child's Heart, and I would recommend this book to you. It's been a great resource of, for me as I'm thinking about not just behavior modification, but really addressing the heart of my, ch my children. And I know I've mentioned this to the middle school parents, but anyone that's thinking about parenting, this is a great book uh, and a resource that we have here in our library, and actually you can get online as well. Um, this resource, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Secondly, I would recommend uh, Family Driven Faith by Vody Balkum. This book really transformed the way I thought about how to invest in the life of my kids and really try to teach my kids the spiritual truths of God's Word. This is a great book to be challenged by Vody Balkum uh, as, as mom and dads to really spend time with your, ki your children and, and teach them the truths of God's Word. And lastly, in your family worship time, you could uh, read a biography together. This biography is about a missionary named Bruce Olson. He was a missionary in South America. It's a fascinating read. It would be a great read to read with your children, a really riveting book. I would just encourage it to you as well. 
And so while these guys would recommend all these books, I just recommend this book right here in the back wall of the bookstore is all Bibles. So just kidding. Um, I, I am excited that this entire wall um, is uh, the Word of God, and it is the most important wall in the bookstore. And uh, we just, as time goes on, I want to encourage you to, to be reading the Word and reading good stuff that comes from the Word and we will enjoy uh, talking about all those things and getting together as soon as we can. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you for inviting us into your homes tonight. We look forward to Sunday. Uh, be checking the website, resource page. There's all kinds of great stuff on there being posted and added daily. And so you can go and see new resources that are there. There'll be a little new box next to it each time that we're adding something for a couple of days. So God bless you, Sheridan Hills. We love you. And we bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a good night.